Hey everyone and welcome to this special sponsored interview from Ossert's 2013 conference on the Gold Coast. I'm Patrick Gray. In this sponsor interview, we're chatting to Mark Brand of Datacom TSS. Datacom TSS is a Canberra-based national information security firm founded by ex-Australian government security specialists. These guys specialise in dealing with highly skilled adversaries and one of their services, one of their popular services, is running some pretty intense red team exercises. And what that means is these guys can attack your network and emulate the behaviour of a very sophisticated adversary. So they've got things like their own in-house developed Trojans that they can use to infiltrate a client with. Uh, And they'll generally start off uh, in a a red team by sending it to users with simple phishing messages like, you know, click here to win money. Uh, And if that doesn't work, they might try a spear fish. uh, Hi, you know, I'm your network admin, please install this. And if that doesn't work, they'll escalate to things like a Java one day, which is a known but you know recent bug. Uh, and if that doesn't work well, then they can escalate further and roll harder. Now, the team at Datacom TSS recently ported its uh, Red Team Trojan, the Trojan they use in these engagements, uh, over to the Android platform. And it's actually surprisingly easy to trick people into stalling into installing uh, rogue Android apps. You just email it to them and ask them to install the APK package. But what you get once you're on someone's phone is actually pretty awesome. Uh, not only can you, not only can you turn on the microphone and snoop on boardroom conversations, track people via GPS and that sort of thing, but you can actually use the 3G or LTE connection on the device to do data exfiltration. So that way you're completely bypassing, as an attacker, you're completely bypassing the heavily watched gateway. Uh, so you take the data in through Wi-Fi and out through the 3G. Uh, and you can also, you know, use this uh, Trojan phone to do things like bypass SMS-based authentication. It's, it's, you know, you can do a lot with this. Uh, so this is an interesting interview for for many reasons. But I, I personally think that the idea that you have to treat every mobile data-equipped device that connects to your network, whether it's a BYOD device or, you know, a, a company-issued device, as a potential exfiltration gateway, I find that, um, you know, very interesting and somewhat concerning. Anyway, Mark Brand is the Datacom TSS guy who did the Android port, and he joined me by phone to tell us all about it. Uh, you'll see a few of the TSS guys floating about at Ossert too, so uh, flag them down for a chat if you get a chance. They're very interesting people with very interesting backgrounds, uh, and you should totally pay them to own you. Uh, but yeah, Mark joined me by phone to talk about Datacom TSS's work uh, in creating a, a, essentially a Trojan for Android that they use in their engagements. Here he is. So we've, we've kind of just got this to a, a deployment ready stage now. Um, and we haven't had a, an engagement where we've really had the chance to use it. I think what we're going to look at trying first is just we'll, we'll skip the, the kind of uh, low level, you know, click this link, we'll give you some money. And we'll probably send some some sort of phishing emails that look like they're from you know maybe a network administrator, saying X corporation, Initech or whatever is is deploying a new uh, bring your own device management suite. We need you to to install this APK on your phone in order to continue using it for work. I, I have deep deep respect for anyone who can uh, very subtly slip an office space reference into a risky business interview. So uh, Mark, well done on that front. Um, so uh, how do you imagine um, that this is actually going to be useful? I mean, in a red teaming engagement, because I'd imagine you wouldn't have too much trouble getting on to the network, uh, you know, using like a jar, as you said, like a Java one day. So why actually bother with this? I mean, is there is there a situation where using this sort of Trojan is going to get you somewhere you wouldn't have been able to get otherwise? So it's an interesting question. 
and it's something we've been kind of considering a lot, what the uh, more concerning risks are related to mobile devices um, as opposed to conventional desktops. And we've looked at kind of a number of things, ranging from the kind of less technical to the you know, more excitingly technical stuff. So kind of at the base end of the scale, if we can get on the mobile phones you know, that are owned by company management, that's a, that's a great thing we can show in a report. You know, if we can get um, you know, audio capture throughout the day, you know, their board meetings, that's kind of a whole different set of, of compromise to what we'd usually be able to show in a red team. Well, I guess it is, isn't it? Because you're not talking about going for stored data. You're going for, you know, really actionable, uh, you know, to use the wanky term, you know, um, actionable intelligence. Yeah, I mean, you're getting kind of real-time situational awareness of what is going on in the boardroom as a target company. So how easy is it for users to detect when something funny is going on? I mean, what, what can a CSO who's listening right now do to stop you or someone like you with this rather simple tool uh, from being able to listen in on all of their, their boardroom conversations? That's, that's a good question and one to which I don't really have a, a good answer. I haven't personally looked into uh, kind of mobile device management tools but the one thing that this development experience has been for me is kind of a, a step-by-step horror show in realizing just how difficult it is to figure out what's going on on my phone. So the, the Trojan as it stands is really kind of standard Android code. There's no, there's no you know, secret zero day or, or trick that Google can and should be patching. Um, I mean, because really it would ask the user, wouldn't it? Uh, do you want to give this application access to your, you know, dialer and your microphone and your camera? And people just go, yep, yep, yep. Well, and the other thing is, of course, on a phone, you can't see all the things it's asking for, right? So, you know, I, this Trojan asks for sort of 15, 20 different privileges. And if you read through it, you'd think, you know, no way do I want to install this. But if you think about what, say, antivirus does on your your desktop computer, well, it's pretty reasonable for a mobile device management piece of software to say, you know, I want everything. Mm. You know, it's almost what you'd expect. Yeah, I, I, I guess it is if you dress it up like AV. So you're doing like a rogue pretend Android AV so that you can listen in to upper management. I, I like that. That's nice. I, I like the whole, um, the whole idea of turning AV against... Um, you know, against a, a client, against the target, um, because everybody trusts AV. Mm. Yeah. Now, look, uh, one thing that is quite simple, and I mean, I'm not an Apple fanboy, but I speak to a lot of people who do hardcore research, and I ask them Android or iOS, and they all say iOS because they say it's pretty much idiot-proof. I mean, this would not work on an iOS device because you can't install it if it didn't come from the Apple Store. For sure, yeah, and I think... It's another thing that, you know, when I started this, I was like, do I want to do this for iOS or Android? And you can see which decision I made, right? Because apart from anything else, writing a, you know, a Trojan background service that runs all the time and does nefarious stuff, you know, even negating the whole App Store kind of closed system that you have with Apple, iOS really isn't designed to let you run programs all the time. Yeah, when something uh, goes into the background, it's only there for 10 minutes before it uh, gets killed, right? Yeah. And I mean, on Android, you can just say, well, schedule my task to run every 30 seconds. And then, you know, you've got, you know, you don't have a process running all the time, but in practice, it'll run forever. 
So what else are you? Uh, what else would you actually use this for? I mean, you've spoken about an example where you can use it essentially as a surveillance device or a bug. I mean, is there a case in a red team where you'd leverage access to the phone for network access or siphon creds off the phone? I mean, is that somehow that it could be useful? Or, or I mean, would you use it if someone's using a soft token? Would you use your Trojan to undermine their second factor or you know intercept SMSs, things like that? Have you looked at that sort of stuff? Yeah, so this is where we move into the kind of more interesting technical stuff. Um, I've, I've actually was, again, terrified to realize that, you know, uh, the SMS stuff on Android is, is very transparent to, to an application. Um, and if you request, I think, I think there are four, four or five different privileges um, related to, you know, reading and processing SMS messages. And with, with those privileges, you can more or less do whatever you'd want on the phone with SMS, so you can you can say, oh, if you get a if you get a message from this number, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to see that message um, before before the user sees it, um, and then you can tamper with the contents of that message before you deliver it or delete it. Um, so you could use SMS as a, a kind of undetectable uh, communication channel. Um, well, you could also completely defeat uh, SMS-based two-factor authentication. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. if you know the, um, you know, there's a SMS uh, connection to VPN, you can just say, well, I'm going to try and log in now. The next message that comes from the, the VPN, you know, drop it, send it to me. Mm. Um, nobody will ever see. Um, and of course, you can do the same with sending SMSs. Um, so I could say, well, you know, I know that the CIO is about to text you saying that they've detected a compromise on the network. I'll just intercept that, drop it, and send a response saying, yeah, I've got some you know, external contractors coming in to deal with it. And in walks TSS, you know. Um, <laughs> I like the way you guys roll. Um, also, uh, you know, have you actually had a look at any of these uh, soft token generators? Like Google Authenticator, I think, is one that we're going to see more of simply because um, you know, they've published a pretty decent API so that other companies can use it. So you can have, you know, multiple soft tokens in the one app. Um, have you done much fooling around with it? No. So I, I kind of um, took, took the assumption a lot of the time that most of the, the on-device uh, app containment has either been pretty well looked at or, you know, is hopefully reasonably robust. Um, because in theory, of course, you shouldn't be able to interact with those applications unless you're supposed to. Well, um, I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of wait till the user loads it, then screen cap it and send it to you in the background. I mean, you could do that, right? That's a good question. I haven't actually looked at um, the kind of screen capture stuff. Mm. Um, but if, if, a, if a background process can screen capture another application, then that would be, yeah, <laughs> very, <laughs> very uh, painful attack, I think. Um, I might have to look into that later, actually. <laughs> cool. It's a good hey, idea. I gave the smart guy an idea. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I guess on, on the last, last thing that I've, I've been looking at and still, still hoping to improve on is you're saying with, with networks. So in, in any organization where they introduce uh, a kind of BYOD or mobile device, um, it certainly seems to me that a lot of organizations are moving towards a kind of um, gateway policy, monitoring traffic, leaving the network. Mm. Um, and every phone you add to that network is another gateway. 
Yeah, because you've got uh, 3G and you can actually use the 3G connection as well as the Wi-Fi, can't you? You can actually use yeah. them as a dual-honed double interface box. Yep. Yeah. You can, you know, every, every TCP connection you open, you can say, you know, you can sit there and say, actually, anything going to this address, I'd like that to go over 3G only. You know, don't, don't ever send that over the wireless. So you can basically use any BYOD device on a network to do undetectable exfiltration. Exactly. Well, that's nice. Although I do know of some people who go through these services like, um, you know, there's Telstra services and stuff where they can actually make sure that all of their 3G traffic actually does pass through one choke point that they can then uh, inspect and pass out through the gateway. So there are people who are defeating that, but I would say they're definitely in the minority. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. And, and, and one of the benefits, of course, of, of using the same code for the Trojan on both platforms um, is that all of our comms just work, you know? Um, so you've got interoperability with your malware. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so have you built like uh, forwarders and stuff like that that work really well, have you? Or? Yeah, yeah, and it works a treat. The next thing that I'd like to look at actually is having a, a full uh, kind of traffic, you know, SOX proxy running on the phone. Um, so that, you know, if we can get a phone on the network and we can't get a box, we can just, you know, go look at internal web apps and stuff, uh, from the comfort of our desk. Uh, it's interesting though, isn't phone. it? Because generally the, um, the BYOD Wi-Fi tends to be in a bit of a play-penned area, but there is always that temptation to open up internal apps so that, uh, you know, so that users can always access them. I think there'll always be some, there'll, there'll always be some common surface. I mean, if it's done right, it should be pretty small, I guess. Um, but, I mean, that's half of what uh, red teaming and pen testing is about, is seeing how people are doing it wrong. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting area that I think it's difficult to get a look at what's accessible from a BYO device without having access to a device on the network. So, uh, so I guess this is something you're about to know a lot more about. Hopefully, yeah. Alrighty, well, Mark Brand, that was uh, that was a little bit terrifying. It's been a while since I've had one of them, so thank you. And uh, we will chat to you again soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, cheers. <laughs>